She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is a best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 16 years, mom to four children, not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles, back with you on the totally refurbished, refreshed, renewed podcast. This is episode three of our new season of podcasts, and I hope you're enjoying them. I certainly have. I've had a blast the last couple of weeks. I hope you are following along and You've got your little subscribe button hit and you are listening every single week. Last week, my dear friend and loyal companion, Cassandra Mayer, interviewed me a little bit. We're going to do some more of that today, but I want to go ahead and welcome her to the show. Hi, Cass. Hello. I'm so excited for this podcast. I just got back from a trip to Disney World with my husband, Cassandra. Was it so fun? How many years? How many years have you been married? Well, we've been married 16 years, but thank you, Corona, who totally tanked our anniversary plans in May. We had to delay our plans until, you know, last week. And so we had a great time. Let me tell you something about Disney World. We all need a little Disney World in our life right now. I would 100% agree. Listen, it took everything in me to not go up to Mickey and just like kiss him. I mean, it was amazing to be there. We needed, my husband and I needed a little whimsical, you know, we needed to date and we did for three whole days. So it was great. So I'm glad to be back though. Super glad to be back. Miss my kids. But you know, it's very, very important. To date your mate. Oh, that's so good. I'm so glad you had so much fun. We did. Disney without the kids is the best. That sounds like it would be (laughs) way more fun. I know. We don't have to like do everything they want to do. We don't have to eat all the weird stuff they want to eat. Like I don't have to eat corn dogs six times a day. I can eat what I want. So yeah, it's real good. So anyway, we're back and we are going to move into part two of really what we started talking about last week. Just sort of a little bit more detailed look into my story, into my past. And I know there's a lot of questions out there from people. Yeah. Which is why you're on with me today. I am. Yes. Fire away. I'm an open book. Anything you want to know. I think where we left off last week, you had just had this supernatural life-changing moment with the Lord. You shared about reading Psalm 91 and hearing directly from God in that moment. So let's take it from there. So you talk about being married for three years or so. So you end up divorcing your first husband at about 22. What from your life-changing moment led up to you saying, I have to, I have to leave this. I have to get out. Well, divorce is a pretty sticky subject, and that's probably a show all by itself. The Bible has a lot to say about divorce. Moses had a lot to say about divorce in the Old Testament. And then we have Jesus, and we have Paul. There's a lot of different teachings on divorce. Yeah. And it's very important to note that none of them contradict each other. So that's a show for another day. But I was raised where you do not divorce ever under any circumstances whatsoever, ever, unless there is adultery in the mix. And I wasn't aware that that was 
a part of my situation. And so after that night that we talked about last week, when I really found the Lord at 3 a.m. in the morning, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. I knew there was a lightness. There was a freedom about me. And I didn't want to mess anything up. <laughs> I, I wanted to devote that time to getting to know who God was. I didn't want God to be mad at me if I just ran out and filed for divorce. I knew I had been set free. I felt it on the inside. Now, my circumstances didn't change at all. The next day, he woke up. He was just as mean as he was the day before. But I had changed. Yeah. And that's the difference. All of a sudden, I went from being terrified of God to wanting to obey what he said. I did not know. Uh, well, yet again, that domestic violence was a thing, that abusive relationships were a thing. I didn't even know. There wasn't even a word for it. So what I did was I decided, because I knew how to operate in a safe manner in my marriage, I knew if I obeyed whatever, I was probably going to be fine. I wanted to take time and get to know the Lord. Now, my advice would be different today. Okay. If I knew then what I know now, I 100% would advise women in abusive relationships to get out and to get help. More than likely, there is a safe house in your neighborhood, in your city that you can go to and you can get protected. What I did is not what I would advise other people doing. You can also call the hotline 1-800-799-SAFE. It's a domestic violence hotline. What I did specifically was I had to learn the Lord. And I really did. I devoured my Bible. I thought, you know what? Now that I know that God is alive and he is real and he is actually a real thing, I must know more about him. So I started studying the word. I was worshiping. I was praying. There are some times after my ex-husband would leave for work that I would literally worship for three hours. Wow. And it was during that time that God built courage on the inside of me. We always want to be courageous. We want to be bold, whatever. Well, how do we do that? You do it by feeding yourself the substance of God's word. And that's what happened. So here I was in this terrible relationship, but I was getting stronger on the inside. The word of God was healing places in me that I didn't even know needed to be healed. It was strengthening me. And my ex-husband began to see that. He began to see that I wasn't so scared of him. I wasn't so manipulated by him. He wasn't able to control me as much. And it was about a year into it. I told the Lord because again, the advice I would give now was different than what I actually did, but God was protecting me. I told him I'll stay forever if that's what you want, but I'd like to be set free. Mm, yeah. And I remember like it was yesterday, buying bottled water at 7-Eleven was deep in prayer my relationship with the Lord was thriving. And the Lord told me one line, you do not have to do this anymore. Wow. And I felt a release. I went and told my parents, I did file for divorce and I left him, but it was about a year after I had given my life to Christ that I did that. 
I know you've shared before kind of the repercussions that that affected you and your family, um, specifically your dad after leaving. Could you share a little bit about that situation? Sure. You know, we were we I grew up in a, a pretty legalistic church. You know, to be honest with you, I don't even know that the leaders at that church had educated them fully on what the Bible says about divorce. Mm, and yeah. so I took it immediately to the church. I told the church what was going on. I was very transparent. I told my dad what was going on. I told the deacons what was going on. And they listened and were very sympathetic for a short period of time. And then everything changed. And I really felt like they came down on his side, Mm. ended up bringing me before the church for church discipline, according to Matthew 18, which was they wanted to excommunicate me from the church. The day that they were going to do that, my dad was telling me, please don't do this. Please don't do it. He did not want to go through a business meeting where his daughter got kicked out of the church. Wow. And the thought entered my mind, I could just withdraw my membership. And I feel like that was the grace of God. And uh, so I I came downstairs that day and I told my dad, I'm going to withdraw my membership from the church. And I didn't go to the meeting where they were going to kick me out. I was ready. I was ready to go and defend myself, but I didn't go. I withdrew my membership. And consequently from that, my dad ended up losing his job and getting fired as a result of me divorcing my ex-husband. Wow. You you have this awful thing happen to you from the church specifically. I'd say you're labeled as a divorcee at this point. Can you explain what this title did to you and how you moved out of that title of mentally a divorcee? I'm glad you brought this up because in I Am Rahab, I chronicle this whole thing that happened to me. Wow. And there was a lot of church hurt that happened. Mm. The same deacons that wanted to kick me out of the church are the same deacons where I would babysit their children for years and years. Like these are the same people that came to Thanksgiving at my house. They were our family. And all of a sudden, you know, they abandoned me in my time of need. So there was a lot of church hurt there, but clearly when you get divorced, you can be called and can be labeled a divorcee. And I remember having that title after my divorce was final and feeling as if it disqualified me from working for the Lord being in ministry. I felt like if a church kicked me out and I have this title of divorcee, who's ever going to want me? And little did I know Jesus wanted me. What I went through was horrific, but just like Joseph, God was going to take those horrific years that Satan wanted to use for evil. And he wanted to turn them into something amazing for me. So I would I had the temptation of living under the sin, living under the label, not seeing past the lid of the label that I had acquired that I really didn't want. And I remember my dad looking at me one day and I kept saying, you know, I'm I'm divorced, dad. I'm divorced. Like who's going to want me to work in their ministry? Like who's going to want that? And to be quite honest, some churches don't want that. Yeah, That's their own problem that they need to work through because the grace of God is over 
overwhelming. Mm. Um, and I told my dad that he, I, we were driving in the car and he like slammed his hand on the steering wheel. And he was like, that divorce is not going to define you. That divorce is what happened to you. Mm. And from that point on, I felt freedom from that title. But, but what I do know is that when we go through something like that, and it's shameful, we are given a label. We have the tendency to be tempted to live under the label rather than to live under the position of child of God. And that's what I needed to realize. Mm. I was a child of God. I was entitled to the inheritance that every pastor, ministry leader in the entire world was entitled to. Yes, had I made a mistake? Yes, had I erred? Yes, had I done some stupid things? But Jesus's blood was just enough for my sin that it was for any pastor. And once I realized that the label lost his power, I stopped putting my faith in the label of divorcee and I can't do certain things because of it. And I started putting my my faith in the power of God and the forgiveness of sin in my life. And I, I just find that today where we are limiting ourselves because we put faith in the label of the sin that maybe we've we've gone through and committed or whatever. And God is so much greater, so much bigger. Than that. God isn't legalistic. We are. You mentioned earlier you had experienced just this it truly devastating church hurt. I would categorize you now as one of the biggest advocates for the church. Funny how that works, huh? I think what a picture of redemption and God's grace in that. So from this, since you've experienced the church hurt and now as an advocate for the church, how can the church do better in not defining individuals with a past mistake? Well, church hurt is real. It's horrific and it's real. And it's because there is a spiritual aspect involved. So, you know, here we are literally looking to pastors or leaders as a representative of Christ. And when we we begin to trust that, not necessarily because of the person, but because of the authority of God or the anointing of God that we see on their life. So it might not be the person that we really trust. It's more the position that we trust. And when that position lets us down or when that position acts like a human, which is flawed, there is an enormous amount of hurt that is created and deposited in us that I'm going to be honest, Cassie, a lot of people can't get past. Yeah, They focus on the hurt rather than focusing on God who put flawed human in these positions. And that's what I had to come to realize. That's why I could forgive those people that kicked me out of the church rather than helping me was that I looked at their position and gave that a lot of weight. I didn't need to trust the person. I needed to trust the Lord. So when I realized I was bitter at a person who harmed me, I realized I wasn't giving them the grace to be flawed. Wow. Like God had given me the grace to be flawed. God had forgiven them just like he had forgiven me. And I'll never forget the day that God said, you have anger in your heart towards these people. And 
I mean, I don't want any of that in my life. I don't want that in my life. And um, just really sat down and dealt with it that day. And it took a while for me to live free from anger and, and, and truly forgive the people that had hurt me so deeply. But then I really felt called to ministering to people with church hurt and identifying with their hurt and shedding light on the fact that Yes, someone might have hurt you, but we serve a good God that can turn everything around for his glory. And so I've really lived the last, oh gosh, lots of years of my life ministering to the church, ministering to people that are broken. I would say just my advice, you know, to churches is to love is truth and grace, but we need to be careful that we're listening to the spirit of God when we deal with such sensitive subjects like domestic violence. We need to be sensitive and listen to the spirit when we are making decisions on a life based on maybe your interpretation or perception of the situation. We need to be incredibly sensitive to the spirit of God and we need to do our research. What does the Bible actually say about divorce? What does the Bible actually say about, you know, the different things that we find ourselves in? Listening to the spirit of God, doing your research is super, super important to maybe stop something that happened to me. So as we close out here, I know we're coming down to the end. What would you say to the listener today that has been living under these earthly titles? They're, they're weighed down. They can't move past it. They haven't gotten to the point where you were, where they realize they have this bitterness. What would you say to them today? A lot of us have them, you know, I, just like I talked about in Rahab, you know, we have titles from sin. Some of us have self-given titles that we'll never tell anyone, like I'm stupid or I'm not good enough or, you know, whatever it is. Any title that you give yourself will hinder you. It will hinder you. You know, even titles that we think are good titles, like I'm a really good mom. Well, if you constantly tell yourself, I'm a really, really good mom, what happens when a really, really good mom has a bad day? Titling anything is incredibly dangerous. That's when people say, Autumn, what do you do? I'm like, you know what? I do a lot of things. It kind of depends on the day. But what I want to be known as is an influencer for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what I want to be known as. Anyone that's struggling with the title of, you know, divorcee, or maybe I've had an abortion in my past, or, you know, I committed adultery on my spouse, or, you know, whatever it is, I'm an addict, or anything like that, yeah. those titles will keep you mentally from experiencing true freedom in Christ. And we say freedom in Christ. We talk about freedom in Christ a lot, but we have to live free. That title is covered under the blood of Jesus Christ. And when you understand that his forgiveness, his death, his sacrifice was for your title, you will live maybe for the first time ever free. You will understand, yes, maybe that's something that I've done or something that I've been through, but I am a child of God. 
I am adopted into his family. I have every benefit of being, just like I have two adoptive children, they have every benefit as if they came directly from my body. I have every benefit of my father God at my disposal. Titles are what are keeping people. They're stopping people from actually experiencing the abundant life and their true God-given purpose because they have more faith in the title than they have faith in their father. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Cassie, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. You know how much I love you, Cassandra. Thanks for letting me be on. Love it. Hey, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. Man, tell a friend. Tell your mom. Tell your aunt. Tell your grandma. Subscribe. Listen along. We love you guys so much. Thanks for listening. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of The Autumn Miles Show.